here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Allison, Aletha, Al. We both had COVID last week. How you feeling? How you uh, doing? <laughs> I feel much, much better. I'm so glad we're both alive. And just tired. It's like a very exhausting yeah. illness. Yeah. Um, but I have to go back to work tomorrow, and that's going to suck. But at <sighs> least, you know, I feel much healthier. Yeah, I, I feel you. Yeah. So we both, we were chatting beforehand, and we both went back on Thursday to work, which was very mm-hmm. exhausting. Um, and Friday, I did nothing on Friday. I didn't do a single thing at work. I, I did like 45 minutes of work in the morning, played Sudoku for the rest of the day. And I was dead. I was dead tired uh, after that. So it was, it was a, it was a rough ride. Uh, but want to thank everybody uh, for the well wishes that both Al and I received from last week. A lot of people said get better and stuff like that. So we really appreciate it. Um, we managed to catch uh, COVID at the same time, miles and miles so and miles apart. So uh, you two know, two years after. Yeah. You know. Those those so who pod awesome. together. Uh, Get together. together. I get that was bad. That was awful. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like we should address something before we get the show going as well, Al. And uh, you know, it, as we said during the 2020 riots and during uh, you know a lot of different times, it's it feels weird to be talking about Zelda and podcasting in a in a time where you know there's so much so much bad stuff is going on. And um, I, I wanted to just reiterate, you know what what we tweeted out the other day. Um, is that, you know, we, we really believe in, uh, you know, a woman's right to choose and to have full autonomy over her body. And that's just basic human decency and human, human rights. And, uh, we really believe in that. And, um, you know, if, if you're against that, I recommend you find another Zelda podcast to listen to, because that's just what we believe. Um, you know, we, we don't, we don't care what you look like. We don't care where you come from. Uh, we don't care what your religion is. You know, if you, you know, if you are a decent person, we, we of course love and want you on this show and, uh, you know, just sending, sending our, our, our thoughts and, and hopefully more than thoughts, um, you know, to everyone affected by that news. It's, uh, it's awful. So I just wanted to throw that out there, um, for everybody and to let them know, um, you know, that, that we're with you. And, uh, let me tell you something. Canada has a, uh, a, let's just say poutine is legal everywhere in Canada, okay? And if anyone ever wants to come for some poutine in Canada, I'll help you out if, as best I can. And I don't know what that is, but just throwing that out there for you. So that being said, um, kind of a damper, and I'm sorry, but I felt like we should address that. You know, and... Like we've talked about before, it is really weird to like kind of go about your life and live your yeah. life and enjoy the things that you enjoy. But just remember that it's okay because these are hard things to deal with and to cope with, and you need those coping mechanisms. So it's okay to enjoy a Zelda podcast. And if there's things you need to talk about, we're here to talk about them with you. Absolutely, and and for us as well. Like I feel like doing this podcast is a great you know escape for mm-hmm. us as as well because like get a BS with uh, with our you know, one of my good friends about Zelda and, and have some fun with, uh, these Twitter questions. So, um, but yeah. yeah, we, we didn't want to ignore that. We didn't want to, uh, skim over it. Um, so anyways, now that that's said and everybody knows, uh, let's get to some of these questions. So we asked a couple weeks ago when we did our big renaming campaign, 
we were the Champions cast, and now we are the Zelda cast. And uh, we created a Twitter account, which you guys should all go and follow, at the Zelda cast. And uh, we, we said to you guys, give us some questions, and we're going to answer them on a future episode of the Zelda cast. And Twitter was the only place you could ask questions. And uh, we got... We got a lot of questions, Al. We got like way more questions than I actually thought that we were going to get. So I think yeah. that we'll be able to get to all of them. Um, and if not, if not, whatever, we're, we'll just, we're going to get to all of them. Uh, we'll make it work. But maybe before we get there, Al, we should, uh, we should also bring up another bit of light, lighthearted bad news. But there is still, there's still no Nintendo Direct. What the hell is going on here? Wait a second, Andy. There was a Nintendo Direct. Don't don't even don't even bring that up. So, in the most tone down, like I love Nintendo. I I you know they're a corporation, but I defend Nintendo for some reason. I don't know why. But these guys at Nintendo were just like, yeah, every big company is participating in the summer of games and having directs and showcases and state of plays. I know what we should do. We should not do any of that. And instead. Instead, we should have a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Direct. And I like Xenoblade, okay? I, I think that's going to be a great game. I'm going to buy it on day one. But are you kidding me? That's like the most tone-deaf thing I've ever heard from Nintendo. And I've heard a lot of tone-deaf stuff from Nintendo. And then, so the, the other rumor is uh, is that the the big Nintendo Direct is going to take place on the 29th. Of June, which is which is this coming up Wednesday. As we are recording right now, we're live on Twitch at the ZeldaCast. It is the 26th of June. So there is only tomorrow for them to announce this. Because they're not going to announce it on Tuesday and be like, hey, we got a thing going on tomorrow. I think I think it has to be tomorrow. But the latest rumors, the latest rumors, Al, have you heard them? Yeah, that it's only third-party games that oh they're going to talk God. about. It's going to be one of those like BS partner directs that we got in like the peak COVID times where... There were no games to show, so they were just like, hey, like Capcom, what do you got for us? Because like we don't have anything of our own to show. And uh, that's that's I apparently just, what it's going to be. That's just mind-blowing. But the weird thing is that a couple weeks ago, you know, you had the people that were, um, uh, they have like the insider scoop, and they were saying exactly what this direct on the 29th was going to be which doesn't sound anything like just third party titles so who knows who to believe or Dude. what to believe at this point or if there's even going to be a direct on the 29th you know so i don't know i, I, I just <laughs> these nintendo insiders are just like the most <sighs> like if you these nintendo insiders know nothing they know nothing and like i i think that what they are is people that follow Nintendo closely, like you and I do, that make yeah. educated guesses that sometimes turn out to be right because it's an educated guess and there's some merit behind it. And sometimes when it turns out to be wrong, it's like, oh, the plan changed. Or like, oh, they, they changed their mind or whatever. So like these Nintendo insiders to me have like zero credibility. Like zero. So I don't know. I, I don't know either. At this point, I mean, I feel a little bit more confident this coming week if I actually I do too tomorrow yeah. to be able to attend and like watch it live. So and so there's that, and then I just have more confidence that there will be something this this week. I just right. don't know what it's gonna be because, like I said, who am I supposed to believe? Am I supposed to believe the insiders, or am I supposed to believe all these news outlets that are saying supposedly it's gonna be third? Why would they just do something that's 
third party. Oh just my like, god! Talk why? about tone deaf. Like two tone deaf directs in the span of a week. But that's such a Nintendo thing to it do, right? Like, it, well, they have their what? Their indie showcase. They have uh, I don't know. Something happened a couple weeks ago. It was like the cozy showcase or whatever. The and co- the cozy but, showcase. Yeah, for like cozy games, you know, All the right. wholesome, wholesome something. I don't know. Anyways, but like why? And this is the time that Nintendo usually comes out with a direct anyways because of E3 and we're due for a direct. So why give us third party stuff? It doesn't make any sense. It's horrible. I mean, I'm okay with third party stuff, but I don't want that to be the only thing. I'm not. I'm not okay with that. It's like, (laughs) you know what? I've already played the Batman Arkham games. I don't care if they're coming to Switch. What I care about is knowing what the hell this Breath of the Wild 2 game is called. Like, I know. If, you know, it, I'm, I'm, you're probably right. I'm just being kind of a, a pessimistic patty here. But, like, if they if they had a, a really solid, like, <laughs> third-party direct where it was like, okay, the Mass Effect trilogy is coming to Switch, or, like, Metal Gear Solid is coming to Switch, I'd, I'd be like, Final hell yeah. Fantasy VII. Yeah, that yeah, that would, be, that would be cool. But, but like, dude, your, your bread and butter is your first-party games, and everyone has been clamoring for this Nintendo Direct for, like, at least a month. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. You gotta give it to us. You, 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 like, what are you waiting for? I was driving around yesterday doing some errands, and I, and I thought to myself, and it was such a weird revelation, that it's been a year since, like, once again, we had some Breath of the Wild 2 news. Like, it's been a whole year. Oh, that's not true. It got delayed. We got that news. No, you know what I mean? I like, we got mean. a trailer, and, like, once again, it, it's so weird, because before that, it was two years. And at this point, I'm kind of just miffed. I was trying this, to be positive about it this whole time, but now I'm just like, oh, come on, Nintendo, you're driving me nuts. It's it's outrageous. Like, this game is ice cold. Ice cold. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully hopefully soon. I'll tell you what, though. If if they announce a Nintendo Direct, and it's a full-blown Nintendo Direct, um, we will do our absolute best to live stream reactions before or after and, um, you know, at, at absolute worst, we'll have an episode out later that day to react. Mm. But uh, because, well, I don't know. We, I mean, Al and I were both off work for a little bit of time here. My plan was to, uh, you know, <coughs> I can't come in when the Nintendo Direct happens. But I, I, I don't know. Nintendo's so unpredictable also that, like, who knows? Um, anyways, Al, let's get to these yeah. questions. I mean, we're going to be, we're definitely going to be running over here. So uh, let's get to it here. <laughs> We could um, complain for hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have to make up for not talking about Zelda last week. But it's a good oh, thing, because yeah. there was nothing to talk about. Um, and speaking of last week, this is from the Omega Metroid Twitter account. When do we... Uh, or, sorry, what do we have to do to get that Metroid-Zelda crossover? You know, there was an entire episode that Rod and I did last week about a uh, Zelda-Metroid crossover. And it was a good episode. It was a, it was a cool... You know, just kind of like a cool brainstorming fun idea episode. I encourage you guys to go listen to that. Um, again, thank you for putting up with an old episode last week while we were both off sick, but, uh, I don't think a, a, a Nintendo crossover game will, like, actually ever happen, hey? Like, other than Smash. That's not really Nintendo's bag. Yeah, and maybe, like, Nintendo Kart, but aside yeah. from that, I can't, they're so different, the two series, the two franchises are so polar opposites. Um, you know, aside from, like, you know, mechanics and gameplay, but, like, plot and yeah setting wise so i just can't see it let me ask you a question be cool yeah let me ask you this 
if, uh, not even if, when Nintendo makes like a Nintendo cart, do you think they would call it Nintendo cart or do you think they call it like, like smash cart or like smash bro cart or something like that? Cause I think it would be smash cart or something like that. Yeah, that might make sense. Like smash bros. Yeah. Cart go-kart i don't know but so, that would make sense because it would kind of branch off of some that equity in that name i feel like you yeah. kind of combine two uh things with equity there uh, yeah. all right this is from zach um do you think that they will bring back traditional items as well as breakable weapons from breath of the wild 2 if so what items would you like to see return and what are some new ideas you'd have for fresh items uh, actually i think i think you're right on the money zach i think there is going to be I think breakable weapons are going to come back, but I think that what you're going to see is more items like the Master Sword or even like the Hylian Shield that like, um, kind of like kind of sort of they they break but not really. Like the Master Sword needs to recharge after a little bit of time. I guess the Hylian Shield does break, but um, you you know you can go and get another one or whatever. But I I think that there are going to be like maybe some more traditional items like that. Like and I don't know exactly what maybe like a hookshot or something like that where like you can get the item. And you can use it, but then if, like, you use it too much, then it goes into a, a rest period or something like that where it needs to recharge. Um, so I, I I actually think that that is, like, what I would do because it's kind of, like, the best of both worlds. I And I didn't hate the breakable weapons like a lot of other people did. So I, I think that mechanic is actually fine. I have no problem with that coming back. Um, as for new items, I don't know, Al. You're, you're more creative than me. What do you think? No, I'm not. I was literally going to say I'm not creative <laughs> enough to think of new things. So, uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say I'd love to see the hookshot return. I could totally see that in that kind of environment, you know, like say you're climbing between the dueling peaks and yeah. you can like double hookshot across it. Um, but also the spinner, I think would be super fun to have in that type of Hyrule, um, especially yeah. off of all the ruins and stuff, kind of like in Twilight Princess has some ruins with one knot. Um, and I'd love, I could see I the Megaton hammer fitting in pretty nicely there too. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> um, as for new, I have no idea. Um, I've been playing, um, spirit tracks, uh, for the very first time ever. And I've been enjoying some of those, uh, items that are kind they're like kind of similar to stuff that has already been introduced, but they're new ish. And I like the way that they work and operate. So I'd like to see something like that where, they could bring something that we've had before, like maybe like the Gus Bellows or like the um, Gus Jar from Minish Cap, uh, something like that, but reimagined. That's yeah. what I would. Th that's what I would like to see. As for breakable weapons, I don't mind the breakable weapons either. I'd like to see something more where you can get materials to build the weapons. I, I agree. I'd like like a weapon crafting system. Yes. Um, something goes. really like in depth too, not just like oh, grab a Bokoblin piece and upgrade your sword yeah you know what you know what is a new item that i could totally see coming in is like a cane of some sorts that either like because there have been a bunch of different canes in the series and i can never yeah. remember what the hell they're called but like the ones that like either build blocks or like allow you to shoot up in the minish cap or whatever um mm -hmm. so that could be something that comes back that'd be cool um, okay max says uh breath of the wild seems to me to be a deliberate attempt to merge and reset the post ocarina of time uh post ocarina timeline split do you think future zelda games will follow a linear timeline from here or might future games fit into the pre breath of the wild structure love the show by the way first of all thank you for for the compliment about the, about the show um you know mac i i think that like the answer is they're they're never really like i don't think that any zelda game almost ever has been very concerned with with timeline placement and i think that breath of the wild clearly is the most like 
egregious where it's just like, you know, we're going to take the best from all these different timelines. Um, I, this is just me. I, I always felt like Nintendo felt like it was a mistake to publish an official timeline. Cause I, I feel like it's just very restricting and limiting. And I, I think that with Breath of the Wild, they kind of went back to like, okay, who cares about this? And I guess like, cause like you can go to Ocarina of Time and you can see like, there's a specific callback to, uh, something that happened or like to the past, there's a callback to something that will happen and, and stuff like that. Um, but I think that by and large, most Zelda games, like they're, they're not really concerned with like, you know, directly saying to players, like, this is where we fit among the grand scheme of, of Zelda, you know, events. And um, I think that that's for the best. I think it really depends. I, um, I'm personally a huge, like, fan of timelines and stuff, especially the more I've gotten into um, the Star Wars franchise in the last two years. Uh, timeline is very important to me because I know what else is going on in the Star Wars universe or whatever. Um, but I feel like over the years, especially after Breath of the Wild came out, the timeline has been less important to me because I used to be really big, like really big about it. I loved analyzing what fit where, um, but I kind of like what they did where, like Andy said, it's like you got the timeline that kind of branches out and then you go like way, way, way down in the future. And it's like they all kind of branch back together. And maybe that's Nintendo saying, you know, like, that's it. We're just going to yeah. kind of go off of that and be a little bit more ambiguous about it. Now, if they come up with a game in the future where they fit it back into one of the three timelines or pre-offering of time or whatever, cool. I'm all for that, and I'd love to see this placement. But anything that comes after Breath of the Wild, I'm okay with that, too. Yeah, I, I actually agree with what you said. I feel like in the last couple of years, the timeline talk has really kind of, um, I don't Teared know, come out. Yeah, yeah, like, not a lot of people, or as many people are talking about it, and I think, my theory on that is because I think that, like, it was so important to people, but when, when Nintendo released Breath of the Wild, like, it very clearly wasn't important to Nintendo, so then people are like, well, why should this be important to me if it's not important mm -hmm. to Nintendo, and mm -hmm. I guess, I guess I actually kind of feel bad for, for those people in, the, in a sense, because, like, I mean, the timeline has never been a thing for me, but, like, for the people that, that are, you know, into that, um, it, it might have been a little bit disheartening to see Nintendo just kind of, you know, brush it off like that but uh mm -hmm. yeah i i think that that's probably um i think that's probably what nintendo thinks so yeah um all right david nystrom asks what is the most zelda-like location you visited in real life what do you think al um you ever been I... on a pirate ship no i haven't but i lived in south korea for a year and a half <clears> and <throat> i went on a few hikes and stuff and it felt very Breath of the Wild when we got to the top. It was like nice. getting to the top of the mountain in Breath of the Wild and looking out and seeing like everything. I would say that I don't know what they were called, the hikes, but I would say that's probably the most Zelda like feel I've ever had. Yeah, I like I, I live right beside the Rocky Mountains, so there's a lot of uh, you know spots that that could be like, oh, this looks like Zelda or, or something like that. I there was a place when I was a kid called Fish Lake, and I don't know where I don't even know if that's what it's actually called, but like my grandparents called it Fish Lake, and yeah. we used to go camping there. And there was like this little alcove that me and my brother found, and it was like I was expecting like to see like some Bulbasaurs like come down or something like that, and I was like, this is a magical little creek, and uh, it was it, maybe that place as close as I've seen to Zelda. So there you go. Um, all right, we got another timeline question here, and this is from Spamaman, and he asks. The timeline begins with technology beyond anybody's wildest dreams being ancient and forgotten. It ends with similar tech commonly used by many Sheikah and some Hylians. Is this a sign of a cyclical timeline after Breath of the Wild could be reset to Skyward Sword 
and history repeating itself infinitely. So there's actually um, there's actually like a, a, a theory about the history of evolution and why humanity has never found like you know life outside of Earth. And I can't I can't remember what it's called, but it basically goes along the lines of this: is that an advanced civilization will eventually create technology, and they will eventually create a technology that is more powerful and smarter than them, and the technology will wipe out that civilization, and basically everything kind of goes back to, to zero after that. Um, and I think the theory also says that, like, an advanced civilization will create, like, weapons and stuff like that, and then, like, you know, uh, use them on each other. So that kind of sounds like that theory. Um, but I don't know. Interesting, I guess. I think that uh, technology is an underrated part of the Zelda series because there's very, like, very clearly a lot of uh, themes uh, about technology in, in the series that uh, are, are important in a lot of games. Breath of the Wild, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, you just talking about that theory makes me think of this little planet we live on. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me nervous for the future, but whatever. Um, on to more happy things. Uh, yeah, I think that makes total sense is that you, technology becomes so like outrageously out of control that it kind of wipes out humanity a bit, but then humanity resurfaces because we have a way of surviving like cockroaches and, and <laughs> you go through it all over again. And I feel like that could be said about yeah anything in general. So it would make sense in Zelda. Dude, you got to play the Horizon games. They're, I think you'd like them. I think again, you would. I need a PlayStation. <laughs> wow. uh, well, actually, that's not true. They're on PC if you have a, a decent PC. I don't. I don't. Well, I do, but I would never play a game. PC is like my, literally my last resort. Like I, I would yeah, rather same. play anything on another way than PC. Um, all right. Uh, our friend Jack, who is a, a big follower of the show, has a question here. Um, and this is kind of cool, Al. And you go first, because I've been stepping all over here. I have a wish for there to be a game that uses two art styles. The game would have Link start as a child and use the Toon Link art style to show how children view the world. But as an adult, the art style would be more realistic. What gameplay style would work for this idea in Ocarina of Time Remake? What do you think? And I kind of understand where you're coming from, but I don't know if that's something I would like to see because those art styles are so contrasting. Yeah. Now, when you said that, I thought of A Link Between Worlds where you've got, you know, Ooh. your your um, 2.5D Zelda game. But when you split, when you go into the walls, it's like the, hologra or, um, the hieroglyphic. Thank you. Hieroglyphic yes. looking and uh, just it kind of feels like a different art style and i like that it's subtle but right. i feel like i feel like that suggestion while cool is something that would just be so like contrasting my immersion would be completely severed so i mean i guess i could see that <clears throat> in ocarina of time be, if right. you're traveling between time to two different art styles i get it but again i feel like my immersion would be completely broken you know i i don't hate it and in fact this game already exists and it's link's awakening um, you know, in the, in the opening of the Link's Awakening remake, you have the anime depiction of Link on his ship. Oh, yeah. And then when you're in the dream, you look like a toy. And, and that was probably the game to do it. I, I think that gameplay doesn't really matter, uh, in terms of like, you know, I think like tone and, and setting of the game is more important than like any game, you know, any, any game that has Zelda gameplay could feature the, the two different art styles. But like, I, I think that Link's Awakening was probably that game. Um, <clears throat> perhaps they could have added in like a playable section at the beginning where you you know you're playing with that anime art style um 
but they didn't. But I think that's that's probably as close as we're gonna get to that. I think that though, it makes sense because then when he wakes back or when everything yeah. is awakened, he's back to the anime. So that's right. cool. I like uh, it's, it. It's like, and you could reuse that concept too, where like maybe it's like a Link's Awakening two or something like that, and you go into the dream world, and like when you're there, it's very distinctively like you know that toy art style when you're in the real world it's very distinctive uh you know a different art style so i like i i think that it would work i don't think it would break immersion i think you just have to set it up properly within the frame of the you know the story of the game yeah but that that's probably what i would do is something along the lines of that so um okay uh uncle dishwasher has a question for us if you could live in any area of hyrule from ocarina of time what oh. would you pick I just you played Ocarina answer. of Time. <laughs> you knew my answer right off the bat, and then it was like Ocarina of Time. I was like, oh, crap, now I have to think about it. Yeah. Is there a Mount Satori in Ocarina of Time? <laughs> Where is it? I would... I feel like this is pretty easy, though. I would want to live in Kokiri Forest. I feel like it's a very, like, yeah. charming little place, and I love cozy things, and they're pretty... They're like hobbits, you know? They're yeah. secluded from the rest of the world and remain children forever. That's where I want to be. I feel like every place has kind of its merits, you know? I think Kokiri is my what is one that I thought of right away, but like Kakariko is a nice little nice little town. Like uh living by the the lake in Lake Hylia I think would be pleasant. Uh I don't know about Lon Lon Ranch. I'm not much of a ranch guy. I think the smell of cows would just no, nah, not for me. <laughs> uh but like Castletown would be cool. It looks like it's got decent nightlife going on there. So uh mm. you just know. Just kind of like the idea that cuz I've always it, if people ask me where I would want to live if in a fantasy land, I always said the Shire because I like how secluded they yeah. were from the horrible things of the world. And that's kind of how Kokiri Forest is. Yep. Yep. Good answer. And I think that's probably my answer too. I think that's probably my answer. <laughs> um, all right, let's, uh, let's keep it moving here. This is, uh, this is from Quaid and, uh, our buddy Paul asks, what important features do you want in an official Zelda dungeon maker? That's a good question. You know, that's almost a show unto itself, um, because I think I I didn't I don't know about you, Al, but like I I didn't hate the uh, the Zelda Dungeon Maker and Link's Awakening, but it certainly felt pretty bare bones and like a proof of concept. So I think that an important feature for me would be how do I say this? It's so like in in that game. Um, there was just a collection of rooms that you put one next to each other, next to each other, and like. It didn't really feel like there was any cohesion or theme or flow to that. Um, it's just, they were just a collection of rooms. And some of them had puzzles and some of them didn't. And, it, you know, it was just kind of like a very, I don't know, haphazard kind of a, a thing. And, like, I think when I think of the best Zelda dungeons, you think of, like, a specific theme that, that runs throughout the whole dungeon. Um, so I think that that has to be, like, it, there has to be something like that. Um just, I mean, just more options. Like, I think it would be cool to have, like, uh, a roster of, like, mini-bosses or bosses that you can put in um, online. You, you need to be able to share it online, obviously, with people. Yeah. Um, lots of different things. I mean, off the top of my head, uh, those are probably what, what I think of. But there's 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 so much that we could, I mean, I've, we could probably do a whole show on that. Yeah, I think that I agree that that could be a, worth a whole show. But my first thought was puzzles, like be, having really free range to do whatever you wanted with the puzzles. And 
to make you feel like a genius for making them and make you feel like a genius for figuring them out once it's shared online. Mm -hmm. um, but I also thought that another way that they kind of tested be having people make dungeons, even though it wasn't the public, it was the devs with the shrines. Like there were yeah. so many shrines that were made by so many different devs. And it was like, instead of just, you know, a small group of people making five dungeons, there was 130 some odd of them. So I think that was probably another proof of concept that they were working with, where they you are given a space, make a puzzle, and solve it. And I think that would be pretty cool as a dungeon maker. I, you know, that's a great point. And, I, and that's probably more likely, actually, is that it's like shrine maker rather than mm -hmm. like a dungeon maker or something like that. Yeah, I, I could actually cool. totally see that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that, maybe that's actually the what's happening rather than like a full Zelda dungeon maker. Which would be good and would be bad because you don't really get the theme element in that, but you probably do have a more complete, I don't know, construction ability with making shrines. I mean, they, yeah, while the while the overall uh, setting isn't very themed, I mean, you could still make them themed. Like, obviously, if you go up, you know, Death Mountain, you get a lot of fire or lava related shrines. Yeah, but you know, but you know what I mean. It's it's still like yeah. the shrine is you know. I went, yeah. Can you imagine if that was a thing in Breath of the Wild 2 and that's what was taking him so long? <laughs> I mean, they should have just made that separate. Food for thought. <laughs> okay, this is kind of an interesting question and it requires some breakdown here. This is from uh, Tiberius. Breath of the Wild is definitely a deconstruction of the franchise's tropes. The next step is reconstruction where the tropes are put back together in a way enlightened by what the creators learned from deconstruction. What could this look like for Zelda? And he gives an example about how, you know, some some watchmakers will take a watch and completely take it apart and then re-put it back together to understand better how it works and how it can be better. So kind of an interesting question, because I, I don't disagree with the, premise, or with the premise that, you know, Breath of the Wild was a, a kind of a step back to the basics of Zelda and, like, exploration. Um, putting it back together... I don't know. Like, I, I think that we've learned that people definitely like to have a little bit of more um, agency over, like, where they go in the game, when they go in the game, and not necessarily are funneled to different points on the map in a particular fashion. So I think that that's something that we've definitely learned. And that's probably the most important thing that we've learned is, like, that that players respond to freedom in Breath of the Wild and the, and the, the ability to go and, you know, do what you want when you want and the game doesn't punish you for it. So I, I would think that that's probably less than numero uno. I mean, it has to be, right? That that we learn, and I would imagine that that's going to be a staple in almost every future Zelda game for the until the next time that we need to break it down. Yeah, I feel like freedom is definitely the biggest thing that they probably learned, and that I think that they'll bring back, you know, kind of the traditional dungeons, but in a way that still encourages that freedom. Um, as for like tropes, I feel like they're obviously bringing back the golden trio and I think that they'll probably come up with a really new compelling story right. to kind of bring rope us back into the, the story of those three. Right. Um, so... I, I mean, I think that one trope that they learned that they have to have learned is like, like nobody wants princess Zelda to be in danger and yes. to have to go rescue her. Like nobody wants yeah. it anymore. Right. Like we want, yeah. we want a Zelda with agency and with, and she, and she mostly has that in Breath of the Wild, but there's still, I think, room to improve there. Yeah, there's still the element of where she's been holding off Ganon for a hundred years, and now you gotta go. Yeah, but but like, save her. But, but you never really like you don't really know how she does that. Like you don't know how she holds just, him off. Just, it's just yeah, you're just told just that she is. Power. Yeah, yeah, 
but it's more than what she's done in the past where she's just been captured by Ganon and held captive. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're they're working in the right direction. Yeah. And so I, I think that also people want to see that continue, continue. Um, as well. Yes. Uh, okay, this is from Corey Richmond, who, uh, Corey. by the way, his podcast, the Player Power Podcast, just returned for, I believe it's season three, and uh, we've ripped off some ideas from the Player Power Podcast <laughs> before, so go check that out if you uh, if you can stand <laughs> that Corey guy. Um, so Corey asks, is there any idea you could suggest for how the Imprisoned and its battles in Skyward Sword could have worked better, or... Is fighting a boss three times just a bad idea in general? Well, I mean, I think we know the answer to that question. I think if you, if I had the pen and I was making that game, you, there's no way you fight the imprisoned three times. Maybe two, maybe two, but definitely not three. Definitely not. That being said, yeah. well, oh, okay, well, you go ahead. How would you make three imprisoned fights like? How would you make it so the player's like, yeah, I'm going to fight the imprison again for the third time. Yeah, baby. Okay, well, I was thinking like, I, I don't really like the second question because I enjoy fighting Girahim three times so much. But I think it's because there's even space between the fights and there's character development between this, the fights as well. You know, not just enhancements to his abilities like the imprison, but you really find him becoming unhinged the, each time you fight him. So I thought that made it interesting and compelling, and I wasn't whining about fighting him for a third time. Now, the Imprisoned, it's really just a giant avocado that's spiky, and occasionally he, he'll grow new arms or he'll get a flying disc over it, and it's just not as compelling and fun. It's not There's no development into what the heck this thing is. Maybe yes. if we got more understanding of what it is and development in between and well-spaced out times between each fight it might have been more compelling and fun to do so i i don't know i don't think that the time in between fights was the problem um i mean two and three are really close together like really close yeah yeah um i i think that the design is a really bad problem like just in general for the imprisoned because it doesn't look very threatening at all like it it really does look like uh monsters inc kind of thing um, but I, I think that what really damns the imprisoned fights, and I'm not sure how you'd change it, is like it's the exact same fight in the exact same location doing the exact same thing, basically. The the, the yeah. imprisoned fight that stands out the, the most is the third one because you have the Grusinator and you can go and stun the imprisoned. So like that that makes it a better fight. But like the second one is like identical to the first, right? Pretty, you have pretty the much. Grusinator on the second one as well. Do you, okay, maybe I'm going to mix it. Whatever... Whatever one, like, there's one of them that's exactly the same as, as the one before. Um, It's the second, but you still have the Grusinator. The, the third one is probably, like you said, the most compelling because, one, he can fly, and, two, the Grusinator kind of gets the, or the bombs area gets destroyed. So, Grus is like, hey, come up here. I'll throw you right. Yeah, that's that. Grusinator. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either way, they're, they're, like, they're too similar, and the, the setting is too similar. And so, right. it's just like, God, I have to do this, like, again and again and again. Like, I just did this. So... Mm -hmm. I think the answer would be to make the setting different, but then, like, that doesn't really make sense in the context of the story and the game. So, right. like, I, I, I think you just don't do it three times, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I would have been okay with two, because then the third time would be, like, Demise breaking out of the seal. It would have made more sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, maybe, maybe you could have done the third time and failed, and then, like, that's when Demise, like, 
breaks Ooh. out. Like that, that could have been. That would have been fun. Yeah, it could have been something. Uh, all right, we got another. Uh, we got another Skyward Sword question here, and this is from Esmeralda, who is a great follow on Twitter, by the way. Um, she says, "Love the pod." My question is, what could a prequel to Skyward Sword look like? Could Link possibly be in it, and should it be called Hylian Warriors? So I actually I think that we kicked around this idea not that long ago, but like if there was another Hyrule Warriors game, it could be cool to take place before um, Skyward Sword, and like you know Hylia is kind of your main character, and you're fighting demise, and you know that's that's probably a stretch because you'd have to introduce like so many new characters, and I guess it wouldn't really be a stretch to have like some version or incarnation of Link be there. I mean, I mean like you know why not? Um, I th- yeah, I think that could be cool. But if, if it was a Hyrule Warriors game, I don't know if that'll happen. Um, I don't know if it should happen, but it, it could be, you know, it could be kind of neat, I guess. I mean, there is a story there uh, yeah. pre-Skyward Sword with Hylia, so it would be fun to have Hylia versus Zelda. And then there is a hero that Hylia was working with to fight Demise, and there's a comic for it in Hyrule Historia. So I think that would be the perfect setting for a Zelda game. I don't know if that hero needs to be Link, but yeah, it, because just like you don't have Zelda, you have Hylia. So it would be kind of fun to have Hylia and a different kind of hero that sets up, you he, know. He could the... basically be Link without being Link. Kind of like Hylia yeah. Zelda without, yeah, I, I, I yeah, agree. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I think that would be a cool Hyrule Warriors game because like it's very clearly in that wartime Ooh. setting. So I just thought about that for a second. So like Hylia, you got Hylia, right? But you also yeah. got Demise, which is just the hatred of Ganondorf. And then if you have the essence of the hero, so that's how you be Link without being Link. And that's what Link gains yeah. from the, the hero of the past. Just like Zelda game from Hylia and Ganondorf game from Demise. Perfect. I can't believe it don't just, work for Nintendo. I know. Outrageous. <laughs> I just made Nintendo's next game. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's keep going here. Rigo says, would you like to see new or old enemies or bosses fused with Malice in the sequel? An example would be Phantom Ganon, but instead of blue-black... It would be red and black. I think that uh, that they're gonna basically do what they did in Age of Calamity and have like Malice Moblins and Talus and Hinoxes and stuff like that. And I think that that's uh, I think that's fine. I think that that was like a it, it was a logical way to have a more powerful version of the same enemy rather than just like oh he's silver, but like instead it's like okay he's infused with Malice. That that makes like a little bit more sense. So I, I think that that will probably come back in Breath of the Wild too. I mean, yeah, me too. But I feel like at this point, I'm really kind of over it, and I just want new yeah. enemies and new stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna happen though. If I don't, this I don't game disagree came out three years ago, I would have had different feelings. Yeah, <laughs> if this game came out when Age of Calamity did, like, yeah, let's let's use those Malice Moblins, sure. Exactly. Well, um, all right. We have a question from Metroid Theorist. They say, Breath of the Wild 2's first trailer had my brother think that the person seen isn't Ganondorf, but Demise. Do you think Demise will be making a return, especially since Skyward Sword HD was released recently? A lot of Skyward Sword talk today. I like it. Um, Skyward Sword HD has nothing to do with Breath of the Wild coming out, unfortunately. Let me rephrase that. The The release window of Skyward Sword HD has nothing to do with Breath of the Wild or Breath of the Wild 2. Um, you can just, it's a pattern. You go back and look, it's 10 years after the game was released. There's an HD version of it. We've seen it with Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, and now we saw it with 
Skyward Sword. And what's really messed up is by the time Breath of the Wild comes out, or Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, it's going to only be four more years until Breath of the Wild HD. Can you believe that? No, this my game is going to be out six years in, in 2023. Uh, um, I don't know so much about Demise coming back, but I'd love to see, um, I'd love to see a Ganondorf where there's Demise influence, where maybe he has like a voice in his head that's kind of like Demise in the back of his head, kind of making things happen and kind of where Ganondorf is the puppet for once because right. usually all the other enemies are the puppet of Ganondorf um, or Ganon. And because you kind of get the feeling in Skyward Sword that uh, Hylia is kind of speaking through Zelda. So I'd kind of like to see something like that maybe. I, I totally think that form is Ganondorf. I can't imagine it not being Ganondorf. I, I mean, like, it's either Ganondorf or demise or the hero it's one of those three i think and um yeah i don't know i i, I don't know if demise is ever going to come back to be honest like i think that like i i think that demise is just kind of like a, an idea that they use to explain ganondorf and that that was supposed to be something to enhance ganondorf but mm -hmm. uh i don't know i like i just i don't know if he's ever going to come back i i think it'd be cool if he did but i feel like if he's going to come back that's like your absolute final like finale zelda game right like it like if you bring him back you can't and you defeat him again like you can't draw ganondorf back out after that you know so yeah. we'll we'll see um but yeah I'm, I'm sure that that corpse is ganondorf not demise unfortunately and then i would bet that it's the hero from ten thousand years prior before i'd bet that it was demise so <laughs> we'll see um all right hyrulean cookie has a an excellent question here are you ready for this? This is so dumb, but do people eat Kuko in Hyrule? Given what happens when you try and attack one, would anyone bother with Kakariko fried Kuko? Are they mainly raised for the eggs? I do realize in Breath of the Wild, other birds can be cooked. I have thought about this way too much. That's a great question. As someone that loves going for chicken wings every week, uh, that's a great question. I have to imagine that you know, I want Wingstop for lunch now, but um, someone's eating wings in Hyrule, right? Like, I don't. Well, yeah, but like dove or whatever the heck bird you can roast. But I don't think I literally don't think that they eat cuckoos. I feel you. like every character that like has a bunch of cuckoos loves them like an insane amount. Like you got and or Anju before she was Anju. You got the guy in Kakariko Village in Breath of the Wild. You got the the weird-looking dude in Majora's Mask that loves his chicken so much and he wanted that to see them grow weird. up. I just don't see them eating them. Like, at all. I And the fact that there's no... um Yes, I'm definitely going to get Wingstop after this now. But I just... The fact that there's no recipes in Breath of the Wild that include cocoa, <laughs> I think makes it evident that they don't eat them. Uh, I have a very serious question for you. What is Wingstop? <gasps> Wingstop. It's... um. It's just a place that sells wings, and they have really awesome sauce and awesome fries and awesome wings. That sounds divine. Yes, it's good. If you ever come down here, I'll take you. All right, perfect. Wingstop. I've never heard of it. We don't, Obviously, we don't have that up here. You guys have Buffalo Wild Wings, though, right? Uh, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan either. Every time I go, I'm disappointed. So Yeah. I have a, I have a quick wing story if you want to hear it. So a couple, okay. like I think it was like two weeks ago. Samantha and I were going out for, we were, we were walking the dog. It's like eight o'clock. We were both hungry. We were both miserable because we could not decide what we wanted to eat. And eventually I was, I was like, I want to go for wings. And Sam's like, I don't want wings. And uh, eventually 
we just decided, you know what, we're going to go for wings. We're going to leave our dog at home and we're going to go. And so we went for wings and the wings themselves were like, like the actual wings were like burnt and small and crispy. So it was just like, ugh. And we were, Sam and I were so mad at each other because we were both hungry before. And so they, they botched her order of wings. They gave her like the, she ordered like this honey, hot honey mustard or something. And they had like, like Frank's yellow mustard on them. They botched my order of wings. They gave me the wrong order. And when our waitress came, our waitress never came by. She came at the end of the, at, like, as we were done, she was like, how is everything? And I was like, it was horrible. Like, you, you messed everything. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? This isn't right. She's like, yeah, sometimes our menu is wrong like that. And I was like, and, but the good, the good thing is, is that Sam and I were no longer mad at each other. We were united in being mad at this bar that we went to. Oh my gosh. It was, it was That's horrible. That's Absolutely annoying. horrible. Um, all right, let's, let's move on. Uh, and I've lost our position here. So stall, give you some time here. All um, from Kukos. Yes, from K- K- Kentucky Fried Kuko. Here we go. <laughs> uh, L underscore M asks, are we ever going to see a new top-down Zelda game? What I mean, say yeah. you? Okay. I, I think so. I feel like the Switch is okay with uh, supporting that type of game, whether it's docked or not. So I don't see why not. I think yeah, too, but like... I think I think it's really tough. Like, if we had a 3DS, still absolutely we would see new games. But like, I I think it's it's tough when you have like Breath of the Wild available on the Switch, uh, a, a ginormous game like that you can put like 500 hours into, and it costs 79.99. And then you have Link's Awakening, the remake, which is a glorified 3DS game, and it costs the exact same. And and like. I just I, I think that that's tough to yeah. to tell your consumers like but but I do think that there is uh, an appetite for new 2D Zelda games and I guess to be fair you can make a 2D Zelda game as big or as small as you want to so I I don't I don't think that uh, it's dead that genre is dead but I do think that like having one console does make it a little bit more like I don't know of a hard sell for your audience to. Uh, to get excited for compared to like the big open breath of the wilds or whatever. Right. Um, I mean, I guess I get that feeling, uh, to me, the top down games or anything new that came out in between the main title console games were just like icing on the cake extra, just to tide me over until, you know, I got the right. mainline title Zelda game. I'd be okay with it because they're always fun stories and they are always fun dungeons and like, I can't believe it took me so long to play Spirit Tracks. I love Spirit Tracks. I might even like Spirit Tracks more than Phantom Hourglass. Oh, and I'd love to see... I'd love to play more games like that. I, I, I totally see what, what, what you're saying. Your I didn't have a comment. <laughs> I, I totally see what you're saying. But, like, imagine on um, the GameCube, right? Like, you have Twilight Princess and you have uh, The Wind Waker. And each of those is whatever a new game cost back then. But then you also have Oracle of Seasons on the GameCube, and that costs the same as, as Twilight Princess or The Wind Waker. I, I just I think it's a little bit of a tough sell to, yeah, to customers. Yeah, I get it. And, and I think that that makes those games kind of by definition lesser than. And I'm not talking I'm not talking in terms of quality, but just in like terms of perception. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's tough, but I I think that we will eventually see a new top down Zelda game. I just. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it is a little bit tough, I, I think. And I'm not sure that we're going to see the frequency of those games as much. Um, right. So there we go. 
Um, okay, let's move on. Overlord X has a great question. Should Breath of the Wild 2 include a optional save data transfer tool from Breath of the Wild 1? Considering a mode beyond Master Mode, do you have any ideas to make gameplay more challenging beside enemy regain, so like enemies regaining their health, and more health? Also an easier mode for beginners. Uh, well, I think that like all games should have like a ton of different like difficulty modes, just because like some people are really good, some people aren't so good, and um, you know I remember the first little bit of Breath of the Wild being kind of challenging, um, and and that was to me like a veteran Zelda player. So you know I, I think that having an easy mode or a no fail mode is is a great option to have. Um, I don't know, like optional save data. I'm, I'm not really sure what you'd be bringing over. Maybe like your house from Hateno or like your, uh, um, your, your weapons or like, cause, cause it's not like you level. It's not like in mass effect, you make like a series of decisions and stuff that influence mm. the way that the game plays. And like, you don't really have that. So like, you're not really missing out on a lot. If you don't, you know, if, if you don't include save data from breath of the wild. And I think that Nintendo is very much a company that's just like, we want to make this accessible for people. So like you don't have to play the first breath of the wild in order to enjoy this game. So I think that would kind of run against that, but, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess my, my question to that is like, what exactly are you transferring over? Mm-hmm. Like what's your save data that you're transferring? Right. Yeah. I, I can, uh, I can agree with that as well. I was thinking of like the fact that you've collected 900 Korok seeds. You could transfer that over. Oh well, yeah. But then what are you going to collect in breath of the wild too? Oh my god, if they make us collect Korok seeds again, I'm going to be salty. But yeah, I I the thing about Zelda, each Zelda game, even if it's like a direct sequel, is you still kind of start from the beginning and you increase your strength al- along the way. So yeah. even though uh Link from Majora's Mask is still the same Link from Ocarina of Time, he still kind of had to start over in that alternate reality that he got stuck in and became super powerful by the end. And so the only save, the only reason for save data is to maybe kind of skip some of that, I would think. But I think that would kind of cheapen the experience of the game. I agree. Yeah. So unless, yeah, unless it's like something where you're making decisions that affect the end of the story, I don't know if you really need save data transferred. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's get to the next one from Happy Guy one uh, Great question. Will time travel be a thing in Breath of the Wild 2? I hope so. That would be awesome. I agree. That'd be cool. I think there's a decent chance that it will, too. I think that uh, there's a, a decent chance that we are going back 10,000 years. So I think that you you could be in for a pleasant surprise. That's what I want. I love it. And that's what I'm hoping for. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Jake asks, which 2D Zelda game... Would you most want to see with Breath of the Wild's graphics and physics engine? Personally, I'd love to see either the Oracle games or Minish Cap. Um, I don't know that any of those 2D games fit Breath of the Wild's art style. Um, I, I yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure that like any of you know. I think that if if we can count like 2.5D games, I'd say A Link Between Worlds because I think mm-hmm. that the art style in that game kind of sucks, and uh, <laughs> you know that's that's pretty close to a physics engine like breath of the wild ish kind of I, I realize that you merge into walls and stuff but that's probably the closest like i think the oracle games have their own unique aesthetic which i like and those games are going to get remade eventually it's a matter of of you know when and not if and i think probably minish cap will too eventually but i think that minish cap also looks like 
very, very pleasant. And that um, if it's going to get remade, it probably should get remade in more of a Wind Waker-esque style. Um, although I wouldn't want them to get like the actual like bobblehead version of Wind Waker. I think that they could like kind of get close to that, but still make it a little bit unique. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe Link Between Worlds is my answer. Say, I don't really like the idea of that just because I feel like Breath of the Wild is so unique and, and yeah. I enjoy its hard style. But then I was thinking that it's kind of like a remake of Zelda OG. So maybe Zelda 2 would be kind of cool to see in that sort of art style and um, maybe make it a little bit more interesting to play. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's, uh, that's a great answer. Uh, okay, well, I hope you got a great answer for this because I don't know what this is. Um, okay. Tiara Masters asks... What is the connection between Goddess Din and Gandorf? She saved in Twilight Princess. What do you got for us, Al? I got nothing. I don't know <laughs> what you mean. Is that from is that from the like manga or something? I don't know. It doesn't like I'm trying to remember the extensive story of Twilight Princess, but like there's literally nothing about Ganondorf until you uh What's that place that you beat? What's that dungeon that you Arbiter. beat? And then you learn about... Arbiter's Grounds. Thank you. You literally don't know anything about him until Arbiter's Grounds. And I don't even think they talk about the goddesses in that game very much. Well, I, I'll give you this because I have no answer for you. But I'm going to offer you this so that I don't leave you empty-handed. I am going to be streaming Twilight Princess on this channel very soon. Maybe like maybe like next week kind of yes. soon. And I'm going to play up to Lake Bed Temple to get myself ready for the oh 2022 Zelda Dungeon Marathon. I just want to watch you herd goats. That's all I want. So if you want to watch me herd goats, <laughs> keep your eye peeled on uh, the Zelda cast over on Twitch because I I will do that. I don't know what I don't know what your question means. So I'm gonna be honest with you, but I maybe, don't either. I'm sorry. Maybe we can find out together when I stream Twilight Princess. Um, all right, let's uh, let's keep going here. Uh, Count Blazemore asks, "Hi Zelda cast." I just replayed Zelda 2 and think it's very underrated. Do you think we'll ever get more side-scrolling Zelda? Maybe an adventure of Zelda? Well, Allison, what say you? Um, maybe. I think it's possible, but it will be a lot more with the times than a game that came out 30-plus years ago. I understand that people feel it's really underrated, and I get that, and I, I feel that way too. I make it underrated as well because I don't care for it. But I, <laughs> I don't. I just don't see how it was very successful, even for its time. So I just don't see Nintendo wanting to go back in that direction. I mean, heck, they went back to multiplayer after yeah. kind of failing multiplayer before they went back to that. So I don't know. Ain't going to happen. I, I think that it won't happen. I think that it shouldn't happen. I think that that is... There's lots of indie games that you can play that are kind of like Zelda 2. Um, mm. But I don't think there should ever be another Zelda game that's like Zelda 2. I think that with the modern quality of life improvements that are available on Nintendo Switch Online, you can play Zelda 2 and it's a enjoyable experience, depending on you know your your love or affection for that game. But, um, I, like, I can't sit here and say that in 2022 and beyond, they should make a game that's like Zelda 2, because I just, I don't think they should. Um, and if they did, like, I just, no, I just, I just don't think they should. I don't think they will. 
And uh, I don't know that like there is a big appetite for that. Uh, yeah. Like I know Zelda Two has its fans and, and everything, and that's fine. But I guess what I'm saying is like you can still enjoy Zelda Two, and you can enjoy it in a more, you know, a streamlined way on Nintendo Switch Online. But I just like, oof! I don't think anybody wants to revisit that concept. They, you know, they didn't do it again for a reason. So, yeah. um, so someone just said, Lulu said in our chat like. If they remade Zelda 2 like Metroid Dread, but that's that's not the same because like Metroid has always been a 2D series and like Metroid Dread was a was just a, another game and so that'd be like them making a new top down Zelda game like that's not really like a niche thing right like that's a, 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 a trait that Zelda's had for many 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 years and you know 2D Metroid games existed you know, before 3D ones, they'll exist after it. I just, I don't think that Zelda 2 should be, I think that concept should stay buried. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll see. Um, let's move on. Um, Esmeralda has another great question here. <laughs> should we be worried there hasn't been a Nintendo Direct yet? <laughs> um, you know what my father used to always tell me? Oh my God, what? <laughs> he would come up to me. I'm going to paraphrase this. And he'd say, son... Does a bear crap in the woods? <laughs> um, you know the answer to that, don't you? <laughs> here's what I have to say. Bury your expectations and your feelings deep, deep down, and then you won't ever be disappointed. Bury them in the same grave that Link's Awakening 2 side-scrolling chances are buried in. <laughs> oh my god. I think we should be I think we should be damn worried. Absolutely. Uh all right um jake has another question kiss mary kill you're going first allison Groose, linebeck rivali okay um kiss mary kill um i think i would marry Groose. i would just hope he would change his hair at some point like it's just a phase and he grows out of it um but i think he would be a very caring husband um Oh, it's so weird because, like, Linebeck is old and Rivali's a bird. <laughs> so I'm trying to imagine who I'd oh, want to kiss. Dude, come on. Kill Rivali. Shoot him. Like Rivali, but shoot he's a bird. Shoot him and make Kentucky Fried Rivali out of him. Okay. Oh, my gosh. We're going to kill Rivali. Uh, we're going to kill Linebeck, too, because he kind of sucks. And we're going to kiss and marry Bruce. Easy. He's just old. Now, Linebeck, Linebeck sucks. I'm sorry. Linebeck the third kind of sucks, but I like OG the Linebeck. He has he has a heart of gold, and he sticks his neck out to save you, and I think that's great. Well, I guess so. Um, all right. So what's what is your final answer here, Al? Okay, I'll marry Groose. I'll kiss Linebeck just because he's another human being, and I guess I'm gonna kill Rivali. Yeah, sorry, that's right. dude. Um, Connor asks, pick your top three favorite Zelda games. What's one feature from each that you'd like to see again in a future Zelda game? And what's one feature from each you never want to see again? Ooh. Okay. I have to reread that question to think about it. Hold on. So pick your top three. Let's let's start off macro here. Okay. Pick your top three Zelda games. I'm going to go Ocarina of Time. I'm going to go Skyward Sword. I'm going to go Minish Cap. Okay. Ocarina of Time, Skyward Sword, and Breath of the Wild. Okay. So what's one feature from each that we'd like to see in a future game? Time travel. <laughs> okay, time travel from Ocarina of Time. Um, Skyward Sword. Hold on, let me do Ocarina of Time. 
I want to see sweeping themed dungeons like the Forest Temple and the Fire Temple and the Shadow Temple. I want to see those come back in future Zelda games. That's what I would pick for Ocarina of Time. That would be cool. Especially something as creepy as the Shadow Temple in Breath yeah. of the Wild 2 would work so well. Yeah, that would be dope. Um, um, okay, so Skyward Sword. Yeah, Skyward Sword. So one thing that you want to see come back from that. I would love for Time Shift Stones to come back in a future Zelda game. I think that mechanic is so awesome and just visually it looks so cool. Um, so I'm going to pick that. And I don't want to overthink it because I'm sure there's probably a lot of things from both these games. I'd like to see the return of motion controls with weapons and items. I know not a lot of people were fans, but I think it could be enhanced. And the Switch obviously did it better. And you could turn it off if you don't like it. Okay. Uh, so you, Breath of the Wild. What do you think? What do I want to see return? I yeah. guess um Like everything is, is about to return from Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, just exploration, I guess. But something new. Okay. Um, from Minish Cap. who. Minish Cap, Minish Cap, Minish Cap. Um, let's go with some of the races from the Minish Cap. So, like, I'd like to see the Pecori come back. I, you know what? I'd like to see Vadi come back, actually. I would yeah. love to see Vadi appear in a Zelda game. That That's my answer, is Vadi. Yeah. That'd be cool. Okay, so now one thing from each of those games that you never want to see again. Ocarina let's, of Ocarina Time. Ocarina of Time. Uh, I, like, that game is just so awesome. Like, you know, like um um uh, that's i don't know if that's a really good answer but i was gonna say like the crappy rewards for getting all the skull tokens well th those rewards are really good though until the last one okay what's something from uh, ocarina of time i don't want to see again how about this how about this from ocarina of time i won't i wouldn't like something like the scarecrow song i think that the scarecrow song was fine but then you actually had to use the Scarecrow song in order to get, like, all the heart pieces and all of the Skulltulas and stuff like that. And I think that you shouldn't have to use an optional, like, Scarecrow song in order to do that. That's that's the best I got off the top of my head. Yeah. I guess, um, I guess, um, a musical instrument. I don't know if I really want a musical instrument to come back. I feel like we've had a lot throughout the Zelda series. Um... So Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, Skyward Sword. What do we not want to come back from Skyward Sword? Um, Can we say the imprisoned? The flying... Oh, yeah, the imprisoned. I was yeah. going to say the travel. I'm not a really big fan of the travel in Skyward Sword. Um, let me streamline that and say the lack of fast point travels should go. never ever be a thing in zelda again and i think they're already not we saw in breath of the wild you can yeah zip zap zoop from shrine to shrine so like you know that they've already learned from their mistake in, in skyward sword but frankly skyward sword hd should have learned from that mistake too and you should have they been able to travel really have. That, that's actually outrageous that you can't travel on skyward sword from statue to statue to statue yeah um okay and then from breath of the wild what do you not want to see come back the 900 koroks <laughs> okay I would say the reward for 900 Koroks. I, I would also say the Divine Beasts. Like, I don't I don't care yeah, for them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I love them. They worked for Breath of the Wild, but I don't want to see them do that again. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay, for Minish Cap, one thing... Um, I get It's kind of a cheap answer, but I'll say Kinstones. Um, mm -hmm. but, but, like, the way... I, I actually... I don't think that Kinstones were, like, an awful idea... It's just there were too many of them, and, like, they were too, um, 
Like, I think that if you use, like, specific scenarios for kinstone... Like, in the game, like, you can... You go into the cloud tops and you have to find, like, five golden kinstone pieces. Or, like, there are other areas where you need to find, like, specific kinstone pieces. And I think that's fine. But then, like, you know, kind of like what I was saying with Ocarina of Time using the, the Scarecrow song. Like, in this game, you got to, like, collect random kinstones and, like, hope that they match with, like random person over here and that's that's probably actually what what i'm really saying is like there's no way to know who needs a kinstone and who doesn't it's like there's no logbook or anything like that so there was too much um there are too many kinstones in that game too many people that needed kinstones no way to keep track of who needed kinstones and what kinstones and like you know so take that and uh you know send it send it back to where you got it from send it back a game really quick that isn't on my top three but i really love the concept from it um majora's mask i want the bomber some type of bomber's notebook to come back i really liked how organized that was when you were meeting all these different people and things and telling you their schedules and stuff like that i would really love something a little bit more detailed because we kind of had a journal in breath of the wild but it was more mm -hmm. so you just kind of filtered through the different uh quests yeah um, I agree with that. I, I think that every Zelda game should have a very specific way to keep track of, like, side quests and, and what's going... Like, again, playing Skyward Sword, um, you, you really saw how that game aged a little bit in that, like, it's like, alright, like, I, I have all these gratitude crystals to collect, like, who needs them? Who have I talked to that needs them? You know, yeah. um, so it just and wasn't there. And having a catalog on the characters was really nice. Like, Breath of the Wild, there's a lot of characters, and we have a nice catalog on them yeah. on Zelda dungeon because of Mossy's playing hours and hours getting to know them, but it would have been nice to have it in the game. I agree. Um, all right. This is a question. This is a loaded question. Cause this is a huge topic of uh, controversy a couple years ago. So here we go. This is from <laughs> Mac and he asks, I don't want just a token bit of playable Zelda in breath of the wild too. I'd rather have the option of choosing link and Zelda's genders with Zelda also having her slash their own mainline game with a focus on the skills that come with the Triforce of Wisdom. Thoughts? So the second half of your premise I think sounds awesome. I think that playing as Zelda would be wicked. Um, and, and especially after playing Age of Calamity where we did get to play as that Zelda for a little bit. I think a mainline game playing as Zelda would be great. I've never actually been in the camp of like choosing Link and Zelda's genders. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't really like that. I think that there was a time for that and to me that time passed and like those are just like characters now like it's link and it's zelda that that kind of feels like just not it just feels weird to me and like something i wouldn't want to see like like i don't want to be able to play metroid dread and, and pick if samus is a guy or a girl because it's samus and, and she's just clearly a female character right and i think that the same applies to zelda and i think that the same applies to link um, and, and people can feel free to disagree with me on that. That's just my opinion. But um, I, I just think like for, for me again, like um, I, I can, I can play as like Zelda or Samus and, and empathize with them. And it doesn't matter if they're a woman or not to me. Um, so yeah, I, that would be my answer. I, I personally would be against it just because like, I think that we have these established characters, but uh, I, I guess like, at the absolute end of the day, if they put it in, it doesn't really affect how I play because I'm still going to choose, you know, the same Link that I know and the same Zelda that I know. Um, so that's just my personal preference. I think that um, the video game industry is getting really good at being more inclusive about that sort of thing. Um, I don't think Nintendo particularly cares about it. They're not, like, outright against yeah. 
that sort of thing, but it's not like their focus on a game like Zelda. Zelda, like you said, has established characters and whatnot, so they're not really going to go about letting you choose the gender. However, I always felt that Link was like somewhat androgynous, where he was very yeah. pretty for a dude, and you can like interpret that how you want. If you want to interpret any type of media where you um, have specific feelings about whether you know, they are trans or they have a certain sexual orientation or whatever. That's great. I think that's wonderful. And I feel like it's something that leaves it open for that interpretation yep. in anything. Well, but I, I, I don't think they're going to outright be like, no. hey, you could choose Link to be a girl or a guy. Or well, a guy. And, and like, I think that if you're going to do that, like, I think that you need to like go back even further and like mm -hmm. completely customize your character. Because like, yes. if you're going to say like... Well, we've added the option in to, you know, to uh, have Link as a as, uh, female character. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, like, why can't Link be a different race? Or why can't Link have, uh, like, I, I don't know, like a, a different body type or something. You know what I mean? Like, something like that. Where, like, you can it's, completely customize your character. It's not a role-playing game. That's that's yeah. the point. It's not an RPG. And an RPG allows you to have more of that freedom. But this is a game about Link and Zelda. Yeah. So, like, you know, like I said, I, I think that if they included that option and, like, maybe you could customize your character, but, like, maybe they just have, like, the default, like, versions as well, that would be fine because, like, it doesn't affect me. But, yeah, I, I personally wouldn't really want to see that. And I know that a lot of people do. And, uh, you know, if you do, that's fine. Um, but for me, that's, yeah, that's not really something I'm, I'm totally interested in. Um, okay, I think we've got um, one... One more question here, so here we go. Um, Spamaman asks, which three Zelda characters would you most want to have a beer with? Urbosa. Uh, Urbosa would be sweet, yeah. De okay, definitely Urbosa. I was thinking, um, of course, I can't remember his name now, but Bolson. Bolson. Bolson would be tight. That would be cool. Oh, my God. And you just get him drunk and he start dancing. Oh, he's he's but, the foreman, right? He's the guy that builds your house. I'm thinking of the right yeah. guy. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And I need his eyeliner tips. That's what I need. But um, yeah, that's a good one. So I would pick Urbosa. Ooh, probably, probably Impa from Hyrule Warriors would be pretty cool. She's pretty BA looking. Okay. And um, I'm I gonna say I can't uh, imagine Link enjoying a beer. <laughs> well, no, you 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 get a, you Allison and Aletha are getting a beer with Urbosa. I know, but I was thinking of a character like I would like to sit down with. Link, oh, like I don't with, think oh, that okay. would be a I, very I engaging like, <laughs> interaction. Uh, I don't, I'll have to think Drunia. about it. Drunia would be a good guy to go out and have a beer with. Dude, yeah. this guy, he has a beer. He has a shot, maybe. They play Sarai's song, and he's just like, woo, he's going crazy. He's <laughs> dancing. He's on the table. This guy would absolutely be a bar star for sure. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, my there gosh. You go. How about Ravio? Ravio sounds fun. He okay, sounds yeah, that would be good. Engaging than Link. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I can't imagine Link would be a very fun guy to go out and get a beer with. Very <laughs> solemn, checking his 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 hand to see if his Triforce is glowing to see if the world needs him. <laughs> uh, um, okay, well that's it for questions. We are done. Uh, thank you to everybody that asked us a question over on Twitter at the ZeldaCast. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely do another one of these soon. We'll do another one of these when we finally maybe get some Breath of the Wild 2 information. Um, and we'll we'll open it up to you guys and see what you guys think. Um, I 
I'm praying. I'm praying to the lords above that we get a <laughs> Nintendo Direct and uh, some information. And it's not just a, a third-party Nintendo Direct. It's a real one. So um, I hope that somebody hears my prayers and that we get this Direct. Um, but yeah, until then, Al, I'm glad that you're feeling better and that you're, uh, you know, coming out of it uh, all the stronger. COVID was not fun. No. No. <laughs> no. Um, okay, well, that's it. We're going to get out of here. Uh, of course, we want you guys to check us out over on Twitter at the ZeldaCast, at Spateri316, and at Allison Aletha. And of course, uh, tell your Zelda friends where they can get their weekly Zelda fix uh, by subscribing wherever they get their podcasts every week, the ZeldaCast. Uh, and like I said, when the Nintendo Direct does drop, we will have instant analysis for you. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that. Until then, everybody, we are going to get out of here. But uh, have a great week and be good to each other. And we will see you back here next week, if not sooner. Till then, everybody. Take care.